We got week 14 winners and losers, an injury update, some roster moves. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor, join the party, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know who are your winners and losers from week 14. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade 24 7 sports si dodgers nation now the rams four locked on and today i am not joined by the people's champ mr travis rogers he is under the weather he's getting better he should be back at some point this week but we've got a jam-packed show we got winners losers we got grades we're throwing out we got some roster moves some injury updates but first this episode of Locked On Rams brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we're going to continue to break down the Rams' Week 14 overtime loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And look, rewatching it again last night. It was a back and forth and fair. The first half, the Rams came out. The game plan was on point. Second half, you saw the offense struggle to put up points. And then a clutch comeback there. Matthew Stafford, the big 34-yard catch by Cooper Cup there at the end. Had some opportunities to really put it in the end zone and give themselves a really good chance to steal a victory on the road. Unfortunately... Punt return for a touchdown to end the game. Yes, with some blocks in the back. There's no doubt about it, but tough way to lose if you're the Rams. But still, I learned that this team, they have the belief in themselves that they can compete with any team in the National Football League. And anytime they go out there, they expect to win. And we're going to get into some winners and losers. But first, we got some roster moves. The Rams... They brought in Mason Crosby, the veteran kicker last week, of course, who made his bones with the Green Bay Packers, and he gone. He's already been cut from the Rams, and the Rams announced Tuesday that they released him from the practice squad. Okay, so now we're going to play a clip of Mason Crosby's best highlights as a Los Angeles Ram. And thanks for watching. No, but seriously, the fact that they're able to move on from him so quickly, it tells you that they like what they saw from Luke Havers six Sunday. When he had his best game as a pro, he made all of his kicks. He had a 36-yard field goal to tie the game at 31. That was the one that you'll remember. But it all started in the first quarter. He made a 27-yarder. He made a 51-yarder in the second quarter. That was massive. And also on top of that, the elements, the rain, the conditions. You saw a look in his eyes. He was focused on all game long. So very happy for Luke Haverisick because if he had a bad day, he would have been without a job. So hopefully he continues to build on this. And look, ideally the Rams find their kicker of the future. They've already found their punter in Ethan Evans, but can they also strike on a kicker? That would be huge. I am starting to think of the playoffs because I'm telling you this Rams team is going to be in the playoffs. Those games are tight. 
Those games can come down to a couple points, so he's going to be tested. So it's important to get him right heading into the stretch run, heading into the postseason. It was great to see him have a big game. Now, a couple injury updates to get into. First, Rob Havenstein. So Rob Havenstein, he only played 16 plays. He left with a groin strain. He never returned to the field. Joe Noteboom took his place, and Sean McVay said that he's day-to-day. So... Right now, it's uncertain if he's going to be able to go against the Commanders on Sunday. So we'll continue to look for updates on Rob Havenstein because he was performing very well out there before the injury. And then Tutu Atwell. So Tutu Atwell was targeted one time on Sunday. And during that one target, he got trucked. Man, he took a big hit right there on the sideline. And Sean McVay said that Atwell is in concussion protocol. So Tutu Atwell is in concussion protocol. And typically in those situations, you don't see the player play the very next game. So I expect most likely he won't give it a go against the Washington Commanders. And look, the fact you got Demarcus Robinson stepping up, I think as far as the wide receivers go, you're starting to see Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup able to be effective on the field at the same time. You're starting to see Matthew Stafford spread the ball around to those three targets. So I really love where the receiving core is at right now. So I don't think they're going to be missing much. Ideally, Tutu Atwell is that vertical deep threat. But unfortunately, since Puka's emerged, since Cup has returned, since Demarcus Robinson has emerged as the wide receiver three, Tutu's targets have gone down. There's nothing against him. He's a smaller player. Smaller players are more prone to injuries for the most part, and Tutu just can't stay on the field, hasn't been effective, and fortunately, the draft pick is not looking good at this point. So hopefully he gets the opportunity. I'm a 2-2 truther. It pains me to see this, but um, hopefully he can come back and give the Rams something because with that speed, you're always an asset. You can always provide. I mean, you see the pass interferences that he was able to, to draw. So he definitely provides value. And I think that it's just about opportunities for him. I really, truly believe that. I think his hands are a lot better than people give him credit for. Now let's get into the grades because we're going to throw out winners and losers. We're going to do horns up, horns down, but we're going to do a quick overview of all the different position groups because you go back and look at this game, man, there was a lot going on. Lots of really big explosive plays that this Rams defense gave up at times. This Rams offense, in the first half, the running game, the coming out there, just pounding the rock with Kyron Williams, inability to get six in that opening drive definitely was disappointing. But I think for the most part, what this Rams team learned about itself is that, look, from a personnel standpoint, yes, we do lack the depth of some of the top-tier teams in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But thanks to coaching, thanks to young players who have started to get it, things have started to click for some of these young players, namely the Kobe Turners of the world. Puka Nakua, of course, has had a sensational all-world rookie season. You're seeing guys like Byron Young continue to take strides. Thanks to the rookies they've hit on, they're able to compete with the better teams in the league. And then also, some of these guys that they got as far as reclamation projects. Guys like the Akella Witherspoons. He had an interception. You look at Kevin Dotson. He's been the best guard in the league by most metrics. So, look, they've hit on the right signings at the right prices. They made the right trades 
and that have helped this team. And I think they've made the most with what they have as a group. Now we'll start the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford, 294 yards, three touchdowns. You saw some of the trust throws that he made to Cooper Cup, the touchdown there, some of the sidearm action throws. I mean, he was out there competing. I think the protection for the most part was solid enough. So Matthew Stafford for this game, I still have to give him a B plus. Wasn't your all-world Stafford game, but still almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I think he continues to show that he's getting healthier and healthier. Now, offensive line just mentioned them. 18 pressures allowed to the Ravens, but as a whole, I think the pass pro was good. I definitely think it was good enough. I think it absolutely passed this test. Rob Havenstein, like I just mentioned, he was out for most of the game. Joe Nopum stepped in. He did a really nice job, all things considered. And yeah, I think that they definitely did a good job. I'm going to give them a B plus. Running backs, Kyron Williams just continues to prove he's not only RB1, but I think he's RB top 10. I think he's a top 10 running back in the NFL. It's not going to break too many massive runs on you for this game. Longest run was 14 yards, but it's the consistency. It's the feel for the position. It's his ability to know when to hit that cut and go and just maximize every single carry. You don't see him dancing around there with a lot of waist in motion like we used to see with Cam Akers. No, Kyron Williams knows exactly the back he is and goes out there and he produces. He had 114 yards rushing on 25 carries. It was his fourth straight game with at least 100 yards on the ground, and he continues to produce. And what that's allowing this Rams offense to do is mix it up. And Sean McVay does not hate to run the football. Okay? It's a misconception. Inception, it's just when he doesn't think he has a running game that can produce, he's going to look elsewhere, right? So Kyron Williams is a good enough running back to make Sean McVay commit to the run. And it's so important. It opens up the play-action pass. It opens up things for Puka and Cooper and gets guys involved in the blocking game. And I think as far as run blocking goes, this Rams team has performed very, very well. So Kyron Williams, I have to give him a B-plus as well. We've seen what an A game looks like from him against the Cardinals a few times, but this game, you weren't seeing him busted in the end zone as many times as we're used to seeing, right? And 14-yard was as long, but still definitely a strong B-plus game for him. Now, wide receivers, I think this was one of the better games of the year for the wide receiving core. This is the first A of the afternoon. I got to give these guys an A. Cooper Cup was running better. The cuts were harder. He looked like the agile Cooper Cup that was running with confidence. He was confidence in his health. And I think that the confidence that he has in himself, he knows he's a triple crown winner, right? It's just a matter of can my body do what my mind is telling it to do. And for the first time in a while, we saw that on display. He had eight catches 115 yards, one touchdown, that clutch 34-yard catch there in the fourth quarter was incredible. And I think that Cup's going to go on a run. I truly believe that he can see the light at the end of the tunnel as far as where the season's heading. I think Puka is going to continue to produce, but he's a rookie, right? Cup is Matthew Stafford's guy. For this team to reach their ceiling, it's with Cooper Cup being the best receiver on the team. And we saw on Sunday, Cooper Cup was once again the Rams' best wideout. And then Puka Nakua, five passes, 184 yards. He also drew two PIs, so that's big. In five catches, 84 yards, we had the two PIs. He was dynamic. He was running without the gloves, had the tape on. 
just a badass. Love me some Puka Nakua. He can get Chick-fil-A on Sundays, and he continues to prove that this is not a fluke. This is who he is. It's not Fluka Nakua. No, it's Puka Nakua, and the proof is in the Puka, right? I mean, you saw the production again, and I think we're going to see it until further notice. It's for him, me, just about playing healthy and can staying healthy and getting through some of these knickknack injuries and keeping him fresh. And then Demarcus Robinson, he had 46 yards, had the go-ahead touchdown there in the fourth quarter. When he's given opportunities, he's making plays. So really, really feel good about the receiving core. I give them an A. Tight ends, no Tyler Higby, Hunter Long. He went out with a knee injury, but Davis Allen, four catches for 50 yards, had a touchdown, did have that one drop there late in the game, but still six foot six, the catch radius. I'm telling you right here, right now, Davis Allen is the Rams tight end of the future. Yes, they just extended Tyler Higby, but Davis Allen, a very, very talented, big target. I love what I'm seeing from him. It was great to see him make the most of his opportunity. Now, in our next segment, we're going to look at the defensive side of the ball, throw out some more grades, and then we're going to jump into these winners and losers, horns up, horns down for week 14. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This obviously, of course, is very, very scary. So I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if somebody you love or one of my kids or somebody got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from a life-saving medication that you need. So thankfully, we're going to be all right because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is part of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infection, and others, right? This stuff could happen to you, to me, to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared to be prepared than it is today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get $20 off your first order. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit 10,000 subs a couple weeks ago, trying to get to 11K before the playoffs. So definitely, if you haven't yet, do your boy a huge favor. Join the party. Hit that subscribe button down below and drop any comment, any take on the Rams. Drop it down below. Who are your winners? Who are your losers? What are your thoughts on your Los Angeles Rams at the moment? Also want to send a shout out to every listeners out there. We appreciate you watching every episode, listening to every episode on the podcast. You guys are what make this show go. So we can't thank you enough. And you can join the Every Listeners Club too. Join the club. It's 100% free. That's it. Nothing. Doesn't cost you a dime, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, here in our second segment, we're going to pick up on the grades and then jump into those winners and losers. So next, we got the defensive line. So the defensive line, it's tough to get home for the holidays on Lamar Jackson when this guy's juking and jiving and 
just absolutely being so elusive on the out-of-structure plays and just finding a way to keep plays alive. I mean, he's slippery, especially in the rain. And look, this is one of the most agile, dynamic quarterbacks that this game has ever seen. So you're not going to sack him too many times. But Kobe Turner had five pressures. From the D-tackle spot, Aaron Donald, no sacks, but he had eight pressures, which was tied for the most of any player in the National Football League for Week 14. Bobby Brown the third, he made some plays in the run game, but yeah, for the most part, wasn't a great game for the defensive line, but still, I think you got to give him a solid B-. B- for that one. They were relentless. It wasn't for lack of effort. You saw double and triple teams for Aaron Donald. They were holding, lots of holding calls that weren't getting called against this Rams defensive line. But still, I think Kobe Turner continues to emerge. Aaron Donald was still relentless out there. Just they weren't able to get the results that they were hoping for, which isn't an easy task against Lamar Jackson. Then you got the inside linebackers. Ernest Jones had one of his best games of the season. He had six total pressures. He had 10 tackles. He had zero missed tackles. So he was fantastic out there in his role. Troy Reader, Christian Roseboom, you saw them out there making some plays. But definitely got to give those inside linebackers a strong B-plus in this one. Outside linebackers, Byron Young, Michael Hoyt, they had two pressures in this one. Hoyt did a really nice job in pass coverage. Actually was in 15 pass coverage plays, but still wanted to see more from the outside linebackers. I'm going to give them a C-plus in this one. Cornerbacks, Darion Kendrick and Akella Witherspoon, they allowed five catches for 122 yards. Didn't give up any touchdowns, and Witherspoon, like I mentioned earlier in the show, had the interception. It was third of the year on that overthrow down the middle from Lamar Jackson, but still... You look at some of the big plays late. I mean, the play to Zay Flowers, I mean, that's a safety, right? So cornerbacks, for the most part, I think were relatively decent. I'm going to give a B minus. Safety. This might be one of the weak leaks of the week. Jordan Fuller give two touchdown passes, including that score I just talked about, the go-ahead score late in the fourth quarter. And then John Johnson, the third, he was involved in that coverage bust with Russ Yeast on Likely's 54-yard touchdown earlier in the game. Like I said, Yeast out of position. John Johnson wasn't where he was supposed to be. It was a busted coverage there on Isaiah Likely's 54-yard TD. So not a great day for the safeties. Jordan Fuller, a couple weeks ago, had a fantastic game. He's had a really solid season, but still it was just not the best showing for the safety spot. I got to give them a C- minus. D plus. They just did not have their best game and really one of the reasons why the Rams weren't able to steal this one. Special teams. Now, Luke Haversick had his best game. No doubt about it. 51 yarder, game tying field goal, made all of his PTs, had the 27 yard in the first quarter. But still, you give up the punt return for a touchdown. Yes, there were some blocks in the back. There's no way that that's going to make up for that. I got to give them a D. Got to give them a D. 76-yard punt return for a touchdown. You allow that, that's going to really, really mess up your score. I don't care that there was blocks in the back, which there were, no doubt about it, but still, that's where I'm at. So there's our position group grades, and now we're going to step into our winners and losers of the week in this segment I like to call Horns Up and horns down. And trust me, I understand, of course, the Rams horn is not necessarily up or down, but still, that's what we say around here. Now, my biggest winner on offense has to be 
Cooper Cup. Wasn't quite Super Cup again, but what we've seen in recent weeks had an eclipse 50 yards receiving. Targets were down. The catches were down. Looking like he was a little slower out of his breaks. You didn't see the precise route running and just looking like a step slow. Cooper Cup was running fast. He was making his cuts. He was productive. Like I said, eight catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Made big plays. Had the big touchdown. Had that 34-yard catch there in the fourth quarter that set things up. He also had a 76.6 PFF grade. So Cooper Cup, absolute winner. And that's one of the most encouraging developments from this game. Because we're talking about the playoffs. What have we seen since the bye week? What are the biggest pros? Biggest pro, Kyron Williams is an absolute beast each and every week. Matthew Stafford, fully engaged. The thumb is bothering him less and less. You're seeing the interceptions go down. You're seeing the production stay consistent. You look at Puka Nakua, avoiding some injuries, having great games. Another diving catch he produced once again. Cooper and Puka, they're effective at the same time time, which is definitely something that we've been looking for. They're gelling and they're building that chemistry and rapport, so that's positive as well. And you look at just the young players emerging, but Cooper Cup right there at the top as okay, this team, you got the Super Bowl medal. You got the Super Bowl pedigree in Cup and Matthew Stafford. I guarantee you not one team in the NFL wants to play this Rams team in the first round because look, this is you look at the a wild card game with the Rams, they got nothing to lose, man. And playing a team that has nothing to lose, that has a Super Bowl winning head coach with players that have Super Bowl history, that have young players that are almost ignorance is bliss trying to figure things out. I'm telling you, just get in and then don't want to play the Rams. Then second winner. Never thought I'd say this. Might have to wash my mouth out with the butter soap. But got to give credit where credit's due. And that's Joe Noteboom. And now at this stage of his career, look, Joe Noteboom is what he is for the Rams. He is a depth piece. He's not going to win a starting job. He's not going to excel. He's not a pro bowler, right? But what he can do is fill in for an injured player and at least be solid. And that's exactly what he did. Because Rob Havenstein, he was a beast out there before he went down. And then Noteboom comes in. He allowed six pressures, but none of those six pressures resulted in a sack. So definitely give him credit. He went out there, made the most of it. Not an easy situation for Noteboom, but just want to give him some credit because, look, I know a lot of people have dragged this guy. People saying he's a bust. People say it's Joe Noteboom. But still, I think he did a really nice job. And look, he's a depth piece, filled in for the injured Havenstein. Hopefully it's not permanent. Hopefully Havenstein can get back next week. It's day-to-day. It doesn't seem like it's very serious. So definitely encouraged by Noteboom just having that breaking case of emergency guy that can kind of step up and be a Band-Aid when you need it. Then next, Kobe Turner. That's my next winner, my next horns up. Kobe Turner, the conductor, an 80.9 PFF grade. That was tops on defense. He had five pressures, two QB hits, and yeah, he just continues to emerge. I mean, this guy plays with confidence. He's intelligent. He's understanding how to play alongside Aaron Donald and what that means, and he has a relentless motor, and you saw it on display. Five pressures, two QB hits, and 
he's another big piece that the Rams have found this season. So you just love that draft looking back, and they continue to find guys. I mean, Davis Allen, he getting his opportunity, making the most of it. Luke Haversick, he's the kicker of the future, right? I mean, there's guys we haven't even seen Zach Evans and what he's capable of on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I mean, Kobe Turner, what more can you say about the guy? It's just another really solid outing for someone who doesn't even look like a rookie at this stage of the year. And the next horns up, inside linebacker Ernest Jones. He had six total pressures as a blitzer. He had 10 tackles, did not miss a single tackle. And you look at the 13 pass rush snaps he had. He had six pressures and a sack. So Ernest Jones, Joe Davis said during the game that they expect him to be one of the best linebackers in the game. And he continues to put in the work. The production continues to be there. He's the leader of this defense. He's the green dot guy. I thought he had a very impressive performance against the Ravens. And then the last horns up of the week, Michael Hoyt. The outside linebacker had two pressures, had two missed tackles. But I do want to give him some credit for a 72.8 coverage grade. So he was out there in coverage more times than we've seen. And he did a pretty damn good job. I mean, you got to give him credit. A guy that size is not supposed to move like that and be put into situations that consistently, but he's someone that really is an athletic freak with which what he's capable of out there on the football field. And it feels like the instincts are getting better and he's starting to trust the technique. So you have to give him credit for what he was able to do in coverage. But coming up in our last segment here on Locked on Rams, we've got the losers, the horns down for week 14. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. Put the Game Time app on your phone. We've talked about this, right? And here's an even better reason to put the Game Time app on your phone. It's the holiday season. You're thinking about last-minute gifts. You're thinking about ideas. What do I get that guy that I never know what to get him? How about some tickets to a game, right? And if you're thinking, oh, I haven't done it yet, this is where the Game Time app comes in. You don't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Maybe you got somebody in your life, not a huge sports fan, but they love to go see concerts the Game Time app. Maybe you got somebody that loves to go see live comedy. The Game Time app. Theater events near you. Killer last-minute deals. All-in prices. Views from your seat. And, of course, the best price guarantee. The Game Time app takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets for your next event. And the thing that I love as much as anything else, it's all-in pricing. You don't get to the end. It's like, wait, where did that number come from? You get to see it right there. You can buy your tickets in seconds with just to tap. So take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code Locked On NFL. L O C K E D O N N F L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, in our final segment, we're going to do some horns down losers for week 14, starting with the Rams' interior offensive line. Kevin Dotson, Coleman Shelton, Steve Avila, they did not have their best outing on Sunday. Dotson had a 58.3. Shelton a 57, Avila had a 54.5 PFF grade. That was the lowest graded players 
with at least 10 snaps played. So they definitely did not perform at their best. It was not customary from what we've seen this season. And I do believe they will turn around. I mean, not to overly concern, just did not have a great day. It wasn't awful, but just from what we've seen, especially from Dotson, Avila was uncharacteristic. And then second, Jordan Fuller. So Jordan Fuller did not have a good performance. After having a fantastic performance a couple weeks ago at a PFF grade over 90, he struggled mightily in this one. He missed a tackle. He allowed two touchdowns. He gave up three catches for 75 yards, including the go-ahead touchdown to Zay Flowers. And the safety play, for the most part, hasn't been a glaring issue, but Jordan Fuller was definitely exposed, did not have his best game on Sunday. You want to see some some adjustments because they were just attacking him. And that's really what Lamar Jackson is known to do as far as attacking that safety spot and finding those mismatches. So not a good day for Jordan Fuller, but I have the confidence he'll turn around. I think he's definitely learned some things this season and he's progressing, but just did not have his best showing. And Zay Flowers, dynamic rookie. Lamar Jackson, it's tough. It's just really tough to cover a guy for a long time. And if you want to defend this secondary and this defense, you try to cover NFL receivers when you have this quarterback that's so impossible to what feels like it's impossible to get him down, making out-of-structure plays, off-platform throws. It's not easy to do. So I think it's a situation where, yeah, I mean, Jordan Fuller, didn't have his best day, but Lamar Jackson is just a different type of quarterback that gives you different looks that you're not going to see every Sunday in this league. So I have full faith in him at the safety spot, but not a good doubting. And then my biggest horns down of the week was the communication issues that we saw throughout the game. You saw delayed game penalties. You saw Sean McVay struggle to get the play in at times. That can happen. Now, whether that's a Baltimore issue or it's a Sean McVay issue, I mean, that just can not happen. You have to find a way to smooth that out, especially come the playoffs. And look, I understand that stuff happens. There's no doubt about that. But it was just unfortunate to see the frustration from Sean McVay because, look, this is a team that showed that they were capable of being the Baltimore Ravens. Had they won that game, you're basically looking for playoff tickets at this point. You're already making travel arrangements. But still, I think you got the Commanders at home. That's a game that they should get back on the schneid, get back in the dub calm, and start to feel like, okay, let's get those playoff odds past 50%. Packers lose yesterday to the Giants. So... I'm feeling better about the Rams' chances and after seeing that game. I hate moral victories. I'm not a moral victory guy, but still, the compete, the grit, the fight, the championship medal, I love what I saw from this Rams team. Sean McVay says he loves this team, and I think that this is a team that is galvanized, and I think they're going to peak at the right time. I truly believe that. It's just a matter of keeping Matthew Stafford healthy We've said it before. We'll say it again and again and again. He's the heartbeat of the team. This team goes as he does. He's the engine. And if you can keep him upright, continue to pound the rock with Kyron Williams, continue to get a Cooper Cup healthy, continue to have just a solid offensive line. Kevin Dotson, Steve Avila not burning out, Coleman Shelton, guys like that, just continue to just be solid and give him a chance to just stay vertical. I feel good about this Rams team's chances. I think Sean McVay definitely is in a groove as a play caller in the last couple of weeks as well. I think they've really struck a nice balance of late and give credit to McVay 
and LaFleur and Kyron Williams and Stafford and the powers that be that understand, okay, if we can pound the rock like we saw in that first drive, we're going to try to control the clock and we're going to try to have a dynamic offense and get some balance. But yeah, all in all, as far as a loss goes, definitely one of the more entertaining losses you could ever have. You would have liked to win, but still, this team showed me something. I feel better about the Rams today than I did before last Sunday's loss to the Ravens because this team, they have it. They want to make the playoffs. They're all in as far as what they have right now. They're not looking at draft picks. They know that, yes, they're not as talented as some of the teams out there. Yes, you trade away a lot of veteran impact players. But look, at the end of the day, this team still has enough talent in this version of the NFC to get into the playoffs, and I think they're going to do just that. And I think there's a lot of things you can learn from last week that I think are definitely going to need to be smoothed out heading into the rest of the season. But still, just a very impressive showing against one of the best teams in the NFL in Baltimore. And look, I know I'm raving about the Rams, but still, it was a loss at the end of the day. But a loss that I think there was a lot of positives to take away from it. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams house?